Welcome to a podcast by Kaylee, the gateway to unlocking your unlimited potential. I'm creating an army of six and seven figure makeup artists, and I want you to join me. In this podcast, I'm going to be crushing gatekeeping, opening the doors to the knowledge you need and deep diving into the topics that can push us to the next level. Be prepared for epic guests and answers to the questions you have always wanted to know. No more small business, no more just a makeup artist. The beauty industry is a $250 billion industry and you're in it. Let's get ready to open those gates. This is a podcast by Kaylee. Today, I'm talking to the exquisite Laura Carroll. And when I say exquisite, I really do mean it. Laura is an award-winning bridal makeup artist here in the UK. And one of the reasons that I'm such a big fan of her is the way she operates her business. It is so classy. It literally is exquisite. Just go on her website right now and just check out not only her quality of work is so polished, but everything from her copy to the way she runs her business is just so exquisite. (laughs) Today, me and Laura have a really beautiful conversation where we touch on a lot of bridal centric topics, a lot of business centric topics as always. But one of my favorite things that we touch on is being an introvert in the industry. Very often, makeup artistry can be seen as quite an extroverted career path. And I myself as an introvert have really, really struggled with this growing up. Me and Laura really touched on this. And that was my favorite undiscovered part of this episode because I really didn't have any notes for this. I really didn't have any questions around this. It just came up so naturally, which is really the beauty of podcasting, isn't it? Laura also runs some amazing one-on-one sessions with makeup artists. It was actually the way that I found her was when one of my students, Katie, booked onto one of her sessions and came home raving. I have been a raving fan since then. I hope you enjoy this beautiful session between me and Laura. Let's start, Laura. So if you've listened to the podcast, you know the drill. The first question is always my favorite question. I love a story. Would you mind telling us how did you get into makeup? So where did I start with makeup? So I, it's so cliche, but I have always loved it. So it kind of come to me when I was around 14, 15 in secondary school when I was first allowed to wear it. And I I really loved it. I just loved how it made me feel. But I took an interest on doing it on other people quite early on. And this was back in like 2008. I literally was the girl at school who was like, I'll do the makeup for the school plays. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It got me out of like some math lessons, going to the rehearsals for the play. (laughs) But I loved it. And I literally would go back to my friend's house and do their makeup. And I took photos on my like flip Samsung phone. So I stayed on and did sixth form. So I was quite an arty student. I remember my psychology teacher saying to me, you should apply for fine art. And I thought, yeah, I will. I will. And I, and I did. But whilst I was looking at that, I saw another course um, down in Southampton for hair and makeup design for film, photography and music. And I applied for both and got into both. And I remember speaking to my mum and I remember this conversation really clearly. She literally just said, she's such a babe. She literally said to me, do what you love. And I thought, I loved art, but I loved makeup. 
So I've just, I think that really helped me put me on that path. And I went and studied that at uni. We did touch upon bridal. It was, but it just wasn't one of the main topics on the course. I guess it was with the photography work as well. They mentioned a lot this would help within bridal and it 100% does. For me and my personality, I wanted more of a life balance at, at that age and bridal just slotted straight in really. It was, it's always been fairly good pay. Uh, I liked the feeling of a wedding day. I always come away feeling good. And I just think you register those thoughts and emotions and it was a no-brainer, really. It's been over 10 years now. I'd say maybe 11, 12, which is absolutely mental. I'm such a big fan of your work, Laura. You are, and and your business and your ethos. I'm, I'm just such a big fan of it. You are like the most classy bridal artist that I know. Do you know that about yourself? Oh, I know, I don't think so. There are some questions because I asked um, in the Level Up Club, I asked them, you know, do you have any questions for Laura? I'm interviewing her tomorrow. And I've got a lot of questions about that so we'll come to that a little bit later but I'd love to know like who was your first bride and where did they come from? So my first bride was my first few clients were friends and family so I uh, am actually an introvert but I have found my way into being more extrovert so I felt more relaxed and comfortable with family and friends and that experience was great I felt more relaxed she trusted me and a massive thing with me and my clients and my team as well is is trust yeah it just kind of went from there and then it's kind of word of mouth you start working with other suppliers and I think that helps me relate to new people coming into the industry because especially with my one-to-ones and things, I know exactly how it feels. It's it's the best part of teaching, in my opinion, is we've been there and we know that like that hunger to get the bookings and that like that frustration when they're not coming in. So I'd love to touch on that because the way that I found out about you actually, Laura, was one of my students, Katie. Do you know Glow by Katie? I do. She's such a babe. Love Katie. Ultimate little babe. (laughs) And um, she was doing my mentorship. And I think she did your one-to-one lesson in the mentorship. And she came back and she was raving about it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I need to know more about this incredible woman. And since then, more and more people have told me they've done your one-to-ones and they've been just incredible. So how did that become one-to-one lessons? What made you go down that path as well? So one-to-one lessons came about when I actually had one myself. So I felt like I needed a little boost. It was November 2021 and obviously COVID was up and down. I just needed a little kickstart again. And I saw that Bo Wright, Botius, was doing one-to-ones. And she is and probably will forever be my queen, my idol. I love her. I love her style. And I think if you feel like that way about somebody, that's the person you, if you can, and you're lucky enough to go directly and train with. So I saw she was doing one-to-ones and I went and had one and I just come away feeling absolutely amazing. And this whole new confidence was just in me. And I thought, these services are incredible, actually. And I wish I had something like this way back when I started out, because it kind of catapults you into developing your own style and because it focuses on you completely as the individual and no one else. So I did that. And then also, I guess from having, I started the team as well that year. So earlier that year, I'd experimented a little bit with teaching and 
because I train my team a few times throughout the year. And again, in another comfortable circumstance, I was able to to train them. And if, if they didn't understand quite how I was explaining things, I'd have to rephrase it. And then it's just we forget like how we are so on autopilot when we're doing makeup. But to put that into words and explain and look at why we're doing it this way or why we're using that product is a whole different ball game. Yeah, I thought, well, after the feeling I had with my one-to-one, I'm definitely going to offer this to other makeup artists I'd been asked a little bit before. But like you know, now know about me, Kaylee, I like to prepare. I, I really am such a perfectionist and I just want it to be perfect first time. But I thought, let's take the pressure off. I'd offered like the first five students a slight discount and they could come and I could you know just do the session with them and just get a feeler for it but I really loved it and it was also to be honest a nice little bit of a breather from bridal makeup too it was quite refreshing yeah yeah I think that's something about bridal I don't think I've ever really spoken about this on the podcast but a few years ago probably 2018 2019 I actually came out of the bridal industry because I feel like it is a very high pressure cooker isn't it and you have to have a little something else to bounce to I don't know to give you inspiration or to just you have to have something else I think for me anyway too much of something is a bit Yes. Well, you know, in the words of the Spice Girls, it could just get a bit too, <laughs> a bit too much. So I think um, all in moderation and then you keep your love for it and it's still exciting and yeah. So tell us then about your team. I have seen many teams in my time and I would say only a handful have I seen done right. Yours storms included and I love 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 the way you talk about your team the way you talk about your team to me the way you talk about the team on the website so how did the team come about first of all and the team came about because I was doing a well I had a business coach for around nine months and he was brilliant and we were looking at ways to grow grow the business and obviously as you know as a one-man band we can't (laughs) do everything all the time. So to me, the only direction to go was team. And I must admit, I did miss working with people. I I do like working by myself, but it would have been nice. It would be nice to have the balance of working with others, others again. I started developing that with him and trying to think, what do I want from a team? I mean, they say that you learn a lot about yourself when you have kids. I don't have kids, but I've heard this a lot. And let me tell you, you learn a lot about yourself when you run a team. <laughs> because I don't know until you start doing it, what actually you want from it. I knew I wanted the connections and to be able to offer brides my services without me actually physically being there. When you're self-employed, you've got your own decisions to make. You, Your world is your oyster and you can make it what you want to make it. Thinking about recruiting a couple to come on board. So I ideally wanted someone, well, both of them to, to come and support on bigger bookings and one to be able to go out on their own. So I thought two would be a good place to start because you're right. There's so many makeup artists that run teams and I have had a lot of praise on the team that I run, which is so nice because we never know if we're doing things right or not. So it's so I'm so grateful when I hear things about it. So I guess when I recruited people, it was 
really one thing I did figure out my business coach is that I wanted it to be based on my values. And I knew I know that skills can be developed. I know that. And generally, I wasn't looking to bring on beginners, but people who are comfortable with their style that but I could train up a little bit to execute my style. But to me, the importance was that their values were aligned with mine. Because from what I've learned in friendships or just anything, really, it just makes it so much easier. My values are really based on trust, quality, communication and mindfulness. And as I've added team members, I have an application form. And one of the questions actually is a jumbled list of words. And I just vaguely say, can you choose four words that resonate or are of importance to you and put them in order? And the team members I ended up bringing on board were ones that chose like three out of four of the same. So where do you start? Do you just put an ad out there on Facebook or? Instagram, 100%. So I did actually advertise. So after I had my first two uh, team members, Libby and Mariella, who can I just mention now, were an absolute dream to start with. I'm always so grateful to have had them to start the journey because they were so understanding and let me grow and evolve with the team. So I just want to have a bit of a shout out to them. But to find new team members, so I'd put an ad, I put something out on Instagram saying I'm looking for a new team member and I sort of see who comes forward, then just look through their profiles. I've been quite lucky that I haven't had to look too far. And for example, um, a team member who joined last year, the process was I had a few people apply. So I'd send an application form just to get to know a bit about them and basic questions to see if it would just work out, as in could they drive, things like that. And then I would do a Skype call, like a Zoom or something, and just get to know them a little bit and talk through what my brand is about. And also I want them to feel like this is right for them not just about how I feel. And then if I felt that went well, I'd invited them in to the studio to just do a bit of a practical, which I I completely understand that may have felt a bit daunting, but I hope that when they arrived, they felt relaxed. And it's just, it's just to see if our stars align. Just watched for a few different things. Were they on time? How was their studio etiquette? Those things are really important to me. And it was so insightful and so helpful to have that opportunity to recruit a new team member. I feel like this is a testament to why your team is so successful. And I say I say that with kind of inverted commas because obviously successful business-wise, but also successful reputation-wise, you do really have a very good reputation with your team. And I feel like it's because you have gone about it very, very professionally, value-driven, ethos-based way of doing it. Would you agree that's worked in your favour? and I would advise this to anybody you will evolve and you will learn as you're doing it and if you can have a team member where you can just have I've always said to my team members there's nothing we can't talk about or talk through and and I think that just makes it so much easier and much more harmonious to be honest I've never really run into any problems with my team I 100% think going down that route makes it makes a huge huge difference I'd love to touch on your values because this is something not talked about enough. Did your business coach tell you yeah. like, yeah, could you, would you mind going over your values again for me? Yeah, sure. So we've got trust, quality, communication and mindfulness. I am obviously a feelings based person. They're my four. I, I had to just narrow it down to kind of four really. Yeah. Yeah. When I did a similar exercise, I had about 10 and I was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> we need to get rid of something. <laughs> I want it to be everything. 
<laughs> why why those values? Talk, talk me through, if you would mind them one by one and why they matter so much to you. So trust it has, well, trust has always been a massive thing for me personally, through work. Remember doing the exercise because I was struggling to pinpoint what my values were. My business coach said to me, what, if you're struggling to find out what your values are, what is it that kind of strikes you as wrong in your eyes? And I think sometimes if you, it's easier to figure, figure that out. Well, I found it easier. And then you're kind of the opposite of that. So I just, oh, lies. I just, so obviously the opposite of that for me was was truth and trust. And I also feel like it aligns with the bridal industry. It's such a massive day that you your trust with your client has to be absolute. And quality, I, again, am a perfectionist. I really believe in quality over quantity. And I basically have that point of view in every aspect of my life. So that was a fairly easy one to figure out. And through our service with our brides and through now the teaching with students, I just aim for quality, quality, quality. Communication. Like I said to you, I've always said to my team, there's nothing we can't talk about or communicate about. I think it just is the baseline for most relationships. And that's important. And especially if you're working with people, we've all got different outlooks on things. So it's just all, it's always about communication, mindfulness. So for me, on like a wedding booking, to read the room, to understand the bride's personality is just, I just like to be really considerate. So the mindfulness comes into play a lot because everyone's got different personalities and some people come in and they, they're there to I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to put this across, Kaylee, about I don't want to like... Offend. It's hard, isn't it? I guess you don't want to... For me, with my bridal business, I never want to be the life of the party. Like, that's not my ethos. So I will never go into a room and be like, way, like music on. I will go in very much like you said and assess the situation and react to the emotions of the the person who's booked me and adjust would you say that's what you were going for yeah exactly that everyone's got their own different personalities and that's fine but for me I feel more comfortable and I just like to breathe the room in the space that mindfulness was really key and I remember one of my team members coming in for her practical trial before I took her on and she like would lay her towel out on the side and just make sure everything was clean and tidy and just like was really respectful asked to like take her shoes off bless her before she come in the studio and I just thought I just love that yeah I was like, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> I feel like values are very slept on. I personally didn't have values in my makeup business for like pretty much like 10 years. I really didn't even think about it. It wasn't until, you know, I dove really with both feet in that I discovered actually I need to have some values because that will pull in my ideal client a little bit more, but it will also help me, you know, as a person figure out what is important within my business. So what advice would you give if there is a listener right now that's a bit like, oh my God, I don't have any values. What do I do? Where would you tell them to start? I really think that journaling your thoughts and looking back on your entries, really, you kind of assess your life a little bit and 
your pin, you basically, I, I journal if I'm feeling something strongly. So whether that's a good or bad thing. So I think then looking back and reading through, I think it was kind of become apparent the more they read it, because it's not so clear to us sometimes, but it is there. I think, again, something that I found easy to work out was things that didn't align with me. And I found actually writing those down first kind of led me in the right direction. That's an excellent tip. So how many team members do you have? I did do a bit of research, but there might be some that are not on the website yet. So how many do you have right now? Yeah, so I've currently got four and they do a mixture of supporting and going out on their own. And I've got a few people pending to join soon. Not everybody is naturally the right person to run a team. I know myself, I couldn't run a team. I can have a VA and I can have, you know, people in the business who do like speciality things. But in terms of like my bridal business, I know I'm just not the personality type to run a team. What things did you learn about yourself when it came to starting and running a team? I think that's a really good point that you've made actually, Kaylee, because naturally, as I said, I am an introvert deep down. So I surprised myself really with finding that this this was for me. I think it's amazing and it's fantastic to work with people and have the trust there and be able to recommend others and keep it within the brand. But you also do have to have some tricky conversations. It comes with the territory. And I think that really clashes with my personality because I just want everyone to be happy all the time and all of us just live in happy life all the time. So these tricky conversations come with the territory, but just some conversations need to be had just to be on the same page. It's normally a a slight miscommunication or I haven't actually gone over that uh, area yet and we just need to talk about it. But you need to have the mindset of this is business and as much as they can become our friends and our industry is amazing for that. We build such strong connections and friendships, but the honesty and at the end of the day, it is it is work. I feel like I have two hats, right? My two hats are, I'm, I think I'm very, very similar to you. I'm very introverted. I love to stay in the house. I have my social bar is about this big, like, but then I have that other hat, which is like my CEO hat that I have to put on when I'm podcasting or when I'm, you know, showing up as an educator. And I think that really helps. What you just said really, really helps to have two hats that you put on at different times. Yeah, I think one tip I would give is, and I I still sometimes need to remind myself to do this, is to not respond straight away and just let, because straight away I feel like if something comes up and it's a bit conflicting, it goes to your emotions. Then actually, if you just let the time go past, it settles and then you realize this is business and this is what we're going to do. And you can talk a bit more calmly. So that is definitely, I'd advise just doing that if ever you come up against something. This podcast is brought to you by The Level Up Club, my monthly membership for makeup artists. Imagine a place created with done for you monthly resources and coaching, literally everything you need to create and scale a profitable, thriving makeup business. Well, it exists and it's called The Level Up Club. I am so proud of this membership. I literally poured my heart and soul into it. Inside, you will find monthly Canva templates, monthly stock images, social media calendars, email templates, workflows, pro program lists, agency lists, monthly coaching and conversations with the people who can help smash gatekeeping. I'm talking agency owners, 
PR's top makeup artists and experts. They're all inside. And not only that, but monthly in-person events. We have already held portfolio days, headshot days, branding days, and so much more is coming. The club is taking the mystery out of making money. Your makeup business doesn't have to be make-believe, and I'm showing you how. And guess what? It's only £30 a month. In London, that's literally two hot chocolates. I'm not even kidding. So come and join us, the only membership I promise you'll ever need. Now, back to the pod. Can we talk a little bit? It's not on our list, but could we actually talk about being an introvert? Because this is something I've not really touched on, but I feel like it's something we should touch on, right? I think so, because you're putting your work out there for the world to see. And it's open to critique, judgment. Luckily, our industry, mainly are are fantastic and so supportive. But you also have to go. And on the wedding day, I mentally have to put on, and I'm so pleased talking about this, actually, put on my makeup artist hat. And remember, I'm the professional going in. I have to have confidence in myself of what I'm doing. And even if it's a pressured situation inside, I'm like, oh, my God, I just you know, this is a lot. But you just kind of have to teach yourself how to handle those situations and maybe work out how's best to prepare your mind for it. I come away from wedding jobs. I don't know if you're the same. And I love them so much. But when they're so frantic and that last hour, I'll come away and be in the car. And sometimes, Kaylee, I just drive back in silence because I just need... Can relate, can relate. Like, do you have a social bar, like a social battery, and you can feel it going like... throughout the whole wedding? (laughs) That was so good. (laughs) Yeah, I 100% do. And don't get me wrong, I do love it. And in the moment, I love giving a service that makes people feel good. And you do come away buzzing, but it's also exhausting if you're not naturally an extrovert. So I think in that respect, not overbooking back-to-back wedding jobs would probably be best for people with our personality type, just to raise that energy bar again, I suppose. I'm really glad we're having this conversation because I feel like it's really difficult sometimes to be like an introvert in business in terms of like when whatever you watch in a film, they're always extroverts. Your main TV characters are pretty much always extrovert or like they're the introvert, but they're really an extrovert. Like, come on, like they're not really an introvert. A lot of my students who have been introverts and have been on the shyer side, they hold a lot of shame around being an introvert. And I'm always coaching them to have confidence in that we don't have to go to a wedding and be the absolute life of the party. Like if that's your brand, I'm really happy for you. That's your brand. But for me, I feel so comfortable and confident going into a wedding and bringing that calmness. And I think that's an introvert superpower, right? Oh my gosh, I could not have put that better myself. We get, I guess that's so true because we get a lot of feedback on our reviews of brides saying you were so calm and you helped so much. So yeah, I guess extrovert, introvert, you're going to bring different things to the table. And I think if brides who need that, see that in the reviews, hopefully, you know, we get the kind of clients that that will really want that on their day. I book a lot of introvert brides, probably because of that. I think that's why it's important to know your brand and your values, because the more you talk about it, the right kind of clients are going to align. And again, it just becomes a little bit easier 
rather than fight, not fighting, that's not the right word, but finding you coming across opposing opposite personality types, which can be quite hard. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. Absolutely. Have you ever had any shame around being an introvert? I've been on bookings in the past where perhaps other suppliers are so outspoken, the life of the party. And I have definitely come away thinking, was I, you know, was I okay on that job? Well, I did good makeup work, but is that right? Should I be? And then you start questioning, should I be more extrovert? Am I the wrong person for this industry? But I think it comes with age. I mean, look, I've turned 30 this year. I think you just love and accept yourself for who you are in the end and just got to stop fighting it and accept it and think that's fine. The main thing was that the bike was so happy with her makeup. She felt amazing. Being th- I'm 33 and you're definitely right. When you hit 30, there is some kind of physics that happens in your brain or something where you just accept that. I'm an introvert. That's who I am. I'm not going to like repress it anymore. But if there's anybody who's still kind of struggling with that, you know, there I know some of my 30 year old friends who are still struggling with it or any of our kind of early 20s listeners who are really repressing and feeling like being an introvert is not cool. Do you have any advice for accepting that part of yourself? I know that's quite a hard question. I honestly, and I don't want to sound like I'm repeating myself, but if you can work out your values and just own your brand based upon those values you won't you won't feel bad about being an introvert that's just who you are there's nothing wrong with that everybody is different in fact extroverts might come away if you think about it on the other foot they might come away from a booking thinking gosh was I like too loud or you know I'm sure that we all have these thoughts no matter what we are Trust me when I say that nobody is thinking those thoughts apart from you. I can say that with confidence. That's what I've learned over the years for sure. Because it really does come back to that. If your values are maybe aligned a little bit more introvert traits and they're your values, you have confidence behind them and then you become empowered by that. Use it as your superpower. That's what what everything's about, right? So I actually had a question. This came from the community when I asked in the Level Up Club. Everybody is in awe of how classy, how professional, how polished your brand is. Like your website, the way you speak, the way you come across, you're like your mouth is open. You can't believe these things I'm saying. <laughs> it came across so many times when I was just talking to the community and I I said, you're kind of like the Lisa Eldridge of the bridal industry. <laughs> your mannerisms. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to take that. (laughs) Oh, wow. Thank you so much. Goodness me. I think we never quite know how others perceive us, but I I must admit, I do like a classy approach. Just always been drawn to that. Again, the quality comes back to that. But that's... uh, Really lovely to hear. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. You're so welcome. And one question in particular I wanted to ask you came from Ruby. And she said, you know, your branding, your business, it's so elegant. It's so polished. And she asked, does this translate to your ideal client? Is this, are you attracting a certain ideal client because of this? When you made that decision in your branding, did you see a difference in the type of client that approached you? 
I think that's such a good question and something that I worked on during my time with my business coach was he said to me, who is your ideal client? Where would they go? What would they do at the weekend? What kind of clothes would they buy? What restaurants would they go to? And, you know, I just think with this and our makeup styles, they're the kind of things I'm drawn to. The venues that I love and those sorts of things like I do love, like Heads the House, Dream. I got married there myself. I could end it there. So I think if you can picture your ideal client, where they go, what they do, what kind of makeup would they be into, what brands would they love? If you're loving those same things, I think it definitely resonates with a potential client out there and they can see that. And then straight away, they're drawn in 100%. I am the biggest, I mean, you probably know this about me. I'm always talking about ideal client on social media. That was pretty much the game changing thing that brought me back into bridal. The reason I actually fell out of love with it other than overworking was the client that I was attracting was not a client that resonated with my personality type. Somebody who hasn't got an ideal client right now, say they're a new makeup artist and they don't really know where to start. What would you say to them? How do we find our ideal client? Is there an exercise we can do or how would you go about it? So I think that they should literally get a good old mind map going. (laughs) I love a mind map. I love a mind map and just have ideal client in the middle Maybe a photo of a bride or something that you've seen that you think, yes, that's her. And just have lines coming from it to just say what she loves, what she's about. And all of a sudden you start creating this person in your head. And then all of a sudden venues pop up. Naturally, let's get in contact with the venue. Let's see if you can go to host a, go to a fair there or something like that and start aligning yourself with that kind of clientele. Maybe there's a makeup artist that you love who actually works with clients who you would love to have yourself. And you could ask if you can go and assist and just start getting your name out that way. Every makeup artist I know always needs and wants some help. So don't ever feel afraid to get in contact with someone, another makeup artist that you absolutely love and admire, because you could be just what they're looking for. And go and have fun and experience that, learn from them. And I think as long as you go to people who who you you naturally are drawn to, it will lead you to the to the right clientele. The mistake that I made in the beginning was I was going for like a really luxury market. I was very kind of driven by, okay, I want to, I want to charge a top rate. Therefore I need to be going into like the the princesses kind of thing. And I didn't naturally align with those kind of people with my personality type or even my makeup style as well. So, you know, like it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't clicking. So I think ideal client work is so important and you need to follow the natural your natural pull towards who you get on with and what makeup you love doing, you know? Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for finding your own signature makeup style and who that will bring in as your clientele. I think it's hard to figure it out, but I think don't put pressure on it straight away. I think actually assisting someone who you admire would be a really good place to start. I really do. And it's really hard in them early days because how do you conjure up an ideal client when you've not really had many clients? So I always say to my students, give yourself a year and and work with everyone and you will figure out, you will figure it out. That's a really good tip. And it will come down to those brides who you aligned with so wholeheartedly will stand out in your mind. And that's it. You start thinking that's the kind of bride I want to work with. 
That's it. That is it. Okay. Do you have time for a game? It's called Smashing the Gate. It's just a little quick fire round on like anti-gatekeeping questions. We're just smashing down the gates of gatekeeping. So feel free though to elaborate with, you know, any of your answers. Like obviously some of the answers they do take a little bit of elaboration. So don't feel like you have to quick fire it or anything like that. But yeah, you ready? This is a really good question. This is biggest tips on getting a fully booked bridal season. Uh, so I would say to get a fully booked bridal season, I think there's a lot to be said for joining groups, clubs like yours, where the connections are there from people already in the industry. If you're starting out, I think there's so much to be said for having just a really clear, whether that's three or five images, clear portfolio of your makeup. Try to get a a good portfolio behind you. I think people like to see it clearly and when they can, it's easier for them to trust that's the makeup that you do and they'll want to book you. Gosh, because I'm putting myself in the position of like over... A long time ago, do you know it's so easy, so easy to forget, isn't it, Kaylee? How? Yeah, yeah. But there's also like it's it's quite a complicated question in that there's not one thing that you can do no. that will guarantee that outcome. There's a there's like ten things that combined create the outcome. I think there's so much to be said for like a twenty four to forty eight hour response rate. I think you have to be on your game if you're gonna try and fill out your diary. You need to be fairly quick in getting back to brides. I think that opportunities can go if you leave them across a few days. I think being really transparent with your bride, with your prices and what you offer, that trust then is built as well. But I generally, well, I think also platforms, I when I've started out with bridal, I joined like Guides for Brides and that is like the perfect hub for your all your clients who will go on and see you on there. Just things like that really do help get you booked up. And then as soon as your name starts going out there, if you're interacting with other people in the industry that you admire, we're lucky this day and age is that we can advertise quite easily. And I think we need to exercise that. Okay, Carla has asked, what is your biggest tip for juggling your teaching side with your bridal side? How do you do both in a way that doesn't burn you out? I think sometimes we forget that because we love what we do, ultimately it's our income. So I try and figure out how many bookings a year would I be comfortable with that will give me a comfortable income. And I try and have a number in mind. And what I really advise everyone, I really do advise everyone does this because you can spread them a bit more evenly rather than panic and just book loads in one go and burn yourself out if you open your books a bit more in advance you'd be able to see that ahead of time and I always luckily with my one-to-ones I can book them a few weeks in advance months in advance the dates are quite flexible so I just try and make sure that there's a bit of a gap in between wedding bookings and one-to-ones because on both you've just got to give so much energy so yeah I think it's just important to have a bit of balance with your time schedules for sure do you find, is this something that you do? Do Because I hear a lot of makeup artists who do one-to-ones, they will often try and do them. Like I think Amber will try and do hers in like off season. Is that something you do or do you just spread out your week a little bit? Yeah, I do it throughout the whole year. I think people are going to need help at different times. I think you might miss out 
if you say, oh, I'm not going to do it now, but I, I might be able to do a date later online. Some people will hold out, but some people wouldn't. I'm fairly new into the, the education game. So I'm happy to just go with the flow and book it here and there. As long as it's like not a week where I've got two or three weddings, I'll try and find a week where it's a little bit quieter. That's probably a really boring answer, but that's that's the truth of it. <laughs> we love truthful answers. We love them. <laughs> Biggest photography tip when taking photos of your amazing brides for content? Oh my gosh. I could talk about capturing your work for so long. Uh, this, this like is so key when you're a makeup artist because yes we work alongside photographers but they don't always get the shots that we quite want we want that clear up close portrait of our beautiful makeup and it is just such a shame when of course you've done beautiful makeup your client's happy that's it right but when you walk away and think I just didn't get a good photo of that gorgeous makeup I want to show everyone so yeah tips would be lighting so what I tend to do with brides at their trial, I mean, I did a portrait photography course with Christina Gasparis years ago, and I can hands down say that that was the, one of the most beneficial courses that I did, and it was an absolute game changer for my business. Shout out, Christina. We love her. <laughs> we love her. I've always had such a lovely relationship with Christina. And yeah, her course, she really did teach me the importance of getting good photos. And it is about your lighting. So when brides come for their trials, I have my camera and I make sure that I take photos of them after we've done the look. One, so they can see the makeup on camera and just to give them an idea of why you might need to go stronger in certain areas, etc, etc. So that I have a beautiful portrait shot of their makeup look. I get them to come wearing white or I have some white gowns in the studio I can put on to give that bridal vibe. And then it takes the pressure off getting it on the day if it's not the right moment or the background's not good or the lighting's not good. That would be one of my main tips. So because you have control of the lighting, you can take your time. And if you can practice just finding the right space and techniques with your lighting and things to just get the perfect shot, then definitely do it with their trials. And they love the photos. Mothers of the Bride love it because they put it in a frame. That is super cute. I love that attention to detail that you do at your trials. Do you take any lighting with you to the actual big day? Yeah, so I, I don't actually take my professional camera anymore. So I will use my phone. But what I like to take is like this handheld newer light. And you can have two batteries. So one in there, one with you just in case it runs out. It's easy to like screw on top of a stand if you need that little bit of extra lighting whilst you're working. It's not intrusive. It's small enough to fit in your kit but also doesn't add to the weight that we're already carrying but they are they're they're fantastic I just would advise getting a handheld light that's sort of face size as opposed to the little ones I think that makes a big difference too I love that tip I'm gonna go and do that straight after this episode (laughs) straight after in your opinion what is the biggest mistake that you often see makeup artists make early on in their business I think and I am abs- I've been there, but I think buying too many products for your kit. <laughs> I think it overcomplicates things. I think just get a few favorites and just get to know formulas. Don't overbuy. Maybe from a trying to think of something as well, Kaylee, from like a business point of view. I remember, you know, cluelessly around 2012, I didn't know okay, what can get me clients? The only thing I knew was makeup. So you just naturally buy more makeup. (laughs) 
thinking that will get you the clients. So what would you suggest they do instead? Instead of spending your money on more makeup products, spend it on (laughs) one-to-ones, courses that will just elevate you because then it doesn't matter what makeup, well, it doesn't, doesn't, but it doesn't really matter what you've got then. If you've got the skill, you can make anything work. And that's, that's what we should invest in 100%. Yeah. Knowledge is always power, isn't it? The more you know. Thank you so much, Laura. I really don't want to take up any more of your time and afternoon. You've so graciously given me an hour. Thank you so, 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 so much. I've loved getting to know you. You're such a sweet, kind soul that I just feel pulled towards. Where can everybody find you? So I am on Instagram, Laura Carroll Makeup Artistry. That's mainly where I am. And we have my website, lauracarroll.co.uk. But yeah, if anyone wants to reach out and chat about anything we have touched on today, please do. But Kaylee, thank you so much for having me on here. You've got the most calming, soothing voice. You just make this such a pleasurable experience. Thank you. Honestly, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for that. Funnily enough, fun fact, in high school, I remember one guy in particular, one boy, he would just tease me relentlessly for my voice. He said I had such a funny voice. And now I'm like, well, we're putting that funny voice to use. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. But you've got the most beautiful calming voice. He's crazy. (laughs) Thank you. Honestly. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming on today. Please, everybody, go check out her gorgeous work on Instagram and also her gorgeous website. I think there is so much to be learned from amazing websites that have been done really, really well. And Laura's is chef's kiss. You have been listening to a podcast by Kaylee. Thank you so much for tuning in today and being on this mission with me to self-improvement and taking steps towards financial empowerment. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to follow me on the gram at Podcast, where I post pretty much daily. I would also love to hear your thoughts, feedback and energy. So please do leave me a review on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you are listening today. In the meantime, I want you to go forward, believe in yourselves and be the change you want to see. Bye guys.